This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno, welcome one and all to a brand spanking new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your flaming hot and spicy, seasonally depressed, white wine drinking, talky finger licking, target overspending, hot mess of a host, Lorenzo Van Rumpf. And I'm so happy to be here with you today. There is no place I'd rather be than right here with my low lifers. Coming in hot from Nashville, Tennessee. That's right, y'all. I'm here in Nashville. I just touched down last night. I came in pretty late, and that's why this episode is tardy for the party. I had so much to do to prep for this trip. Taking off two weeks to go to Nashville and live my best life, there were a lot of things that had to be in place before I got on that plane. And so it was a race to the finish line, but we're good to go. And now I'm here, safe and sound in Nashville. I hope you're having a beautiful week, a great day, and you're feeling good right now. But if you're not in a good place, if you're feeling a bit shitty right now, overwhelmed, stressed, depressed, anxious, all of the above, don't you worry, boo-boo. Don't you fret. You have come to the right place. You are here for a reason, and we're about to turn that frown upside down. we got a great show in store for you today. Friend of the show and very close friend of mine, Mr. Jacob Pedway, is back for a round two today. And this conversation is so funny. <laughs> it's so good. So if you are feeling a bit shitty right now, don't you worry. This episode is going to turn that frown upside down. But before we get into this week's episode, let's talk about mental health. Nobody asked, but my mental health score this week, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being food poisoning at your local Chipotle. You got the Hershey squirts, it's not a good day for you. It's actually a pretty shitty week. A 10 being an incredible meal at your favorite restaurant and you're feeling on cloud 9. I'm going to rate myself a solid 8.5. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say a 9. A 9 out of 10. I haven't had a 9 in years. <laughs> but I'm feeling pretty damn good right now. Not euphoric bliss, but I'm in a really good space, literally. I'm here in Nashville with two of my best friends, and I'm here for a reason. I'm going to Janet freaking Jackson. I'm seeing Janet live in concert. One of my buddies is performing with Janet. He's one of her dancers. And so I'm going to see her tonight with little Judy at the Bridgestone Arena, and I can't freaking wait. I grew up loving Janet Jackson's music. Selena Quintanilla is my number one, but Janet is definitely up there with her. I love me some Janet. And I used to perform in the living room and have my whole family sit in the living room. And my cousin Stephanie and I would put on these shows and we took it so serious. It had an intermission. We would put sheets up like stage curtains and I would work on that choreo, Escapade, Pleasure Principle, Rhythm Nation, like you name it, we had it down. It was so funny. I was actually talking to my cousin about this recently when she came to visit because I was thick as thieves with her as a kid. And we're basically siblings at this point. I love Steph. But when she would perform with me, I would always have her as my backup dancer <laughs> or I would have her like as like backstage. And so she was talking to me. And this is now, what, 20 years later. And she's like, you know, you never let me perform as the main person. I never got to be Janet. I never got to be Selena. Like you would always make me your backup dancer. Like that's so messed up. Like she full on resented me. 
<laughs> she was fucking bringing this shit up 20 years later. And I was like, damn, Steph, you're still holding on to that. She's like, well, I never got to be Selena though. Like I'd always have to be like Suzette, her sister on drums. Or or I would, of course, be Selena performing live at the Astrodome. And I would put Steph as the Elos Dinos with her brothers in the back of me. And so little did I know. She's been uh, holding on to that resentment for years now. <laughs> she was more just bringing it to my attention. But back in the day when I was a kid, I took these performances very serious. I was like, you know what, Steph? If I had to go and do it all over again, you would still be back up. Unless you got those vocals down and you had that choreo on point. Because it's crucial. You had to get the choreo down. And so you didn't. And so you had to be my backup dancer. That is my question of the week for my low lifers. Did you perform as a kid? Magic shows? Did you go on stage like a fake stage and perform for your friends and family? Was that something you were into? It's a very specific type of kid who likes to do that. And um, one of my girlfriends, Brittany Furlon, she's so funny. I fell in love with her on Vine and she's hilarious on Instagram. And she posted this video with pics. This was like an Instagram TikTok trend. And it's her performing as a kid. And she wrote, if you are someone who performed as a kid for your friends and family, then you're definitely mentally ill now. <laughs> so She's not wrong. So please let me know in the review section of Apple Podcasts if you were that kid who liked to perform. And if you were performing, I want to know what song, what artist you were performing to, what musical. Like, I want the specifics, and I'll be sharing those on a nostalgic-type episode that I'm going to be doing in the next couple weeks. Also, your mommy-shaming stories. Thank you for submitting those. If you have any other mommy shaming stories you'd like to share or you want to nominate somebody, just have them drop it in the review section of Apple Podcasts because our Mother's Day very special mommy shaming episode comes out next week. I'm going to be picking a few of the stories and the stories that I end up sharing are going to get a very special Mother's Day gift from the Low Life Gifting Closet. So let's get into this week's episode with King Jacob Petway. So last week we were talking about cults, a very specific cult actually that involved big hair, a lot of greed, money, religion, and weight loss. If you haven't seen that documentary, The Way Down, W-A-Y Down, it's on HBO. Very interesting and there's a shocking twist to it. Check it out. We talked about it in last week's episode. This week we're diving into weird shit that we like to eat. There's some weird shit that we grew up eating. I didn't think it was weird until we got older, and Jacob has definitely had his fair share of weird shit down his gullet. We also talk about how the government is trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah, government is definitely not on the side of humanity, and so we're talking about that. We also reminisce about the golden age of reality television. There was a very specific time in the world when it was all about reality TV, and there were some fucking wild shows out there. And so we were talking about those. And we also watched this documentary together called Tickled. It's Jacob's worst nightmare. The man hates being tickled. <laughs> he freaking hates it. And so watching this documentary is like a real life nightmare unfolding for him. It was very interesting because all these guys were involved in this tickling competition, but it wasn't really a competition or a sport. They tried to make it seem like it was. It was homoerotic, basically like porn for dudes. And uh, yeah, it goes to a dark place pretty quickly. And that's why we're covering it here. You are in for a treat with this episode. You know, we love to keep it spicy for you. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's convo with Jacob Petway. Hit it. A 
Okay, so Jacob, last week I was talking about tickling. You hate it. I absolutely <laughs> hate it, Low. I so bad. Like, I want to tickle you so bad. If we, okay, how about this? If we get, well, I, I would say like a certain amount of downloads or if we get at least 25 reviews saying they are for you being tickled on Apple Podcasts, would you let me tickle you on camera and then we'll release it to the low lifers? <laughs> me and Lexi will tickle you. We'll say 30 and yes. 30 reviews. Okay, I don't ask for a lot of things in life, but listen up, low lifers. I need you to come through. I just need 30 of you, please. Please, no. Please just leave please. a review and put Tickle Me Jacob. <laughs> and just write something about tickled, that you're down for Jacob to get tickled, because this video will go viral. <laughs> it will be so good. Oh, It's your biggest fear. Yeah, well, I don't have a fear like that. I don't have something like, I wish I did, like, just because it would be fun. Uh, if I tied you down and put spiders over you, I mean, if I'd we be, get a hundred reviews saying that we want Lowe to have spiders on them, it can happen. We'll put a tarantula. But honestly, if I had an edible or something, I would be okay. You would be okay with a tarantula walking across your body. Yeah, because I, I know I can go to that place. I've had enough trauma that a tarantula is not going to do it. You know what I mean? But I'm like, I can't have an edible before I get tickled. So you that's gotta true. Come, you oh, gotta... you need to be completely clear minded and sober. Okay. We're going to have tears to this. I didn't. I guess I am arachnophobic. You are. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so 100, that's not going to happen. If there's one person who leaves a fucking review about spiders. <laughs> Me being, I'm, I'm done with you. Oh God, I, yeah, that's like. By the way, tying someone up and fucking pouring spiders all over them is so different than just someone simply giving you a little no, tickle. It's not. Well, I mean, it's not in your head, but I'm, I'm just saying it's a lot worse over here. Getting spiders all over my fucking face. It's so sick. It's facing your fear, though. Oh, okay, sure, I'm down. Did you watch that show? Oh my God, I was blown away by that karaoke show. Oh my God. The one when they would make them sing and they would like put them in like a tank of fucking like piranha or whatever the piranha. Yeah. No, no, no they, they die. Sharks, great whites. No, it was a singing competition in America and they would have people sing a song karaoke style and they would torture people and face their fears. So they would put them on a, like a little swing and then they drop the swing, lower them down into a tank filled with jellyfish or snakes. snakes a lot of the times it was snakes yeah. not jellyfish those would sting you snakes could bite you yeah they did they one did with snakes. gators they had baby gators in one they had one oh, where they shocked the person they shocked the person's nutsack God. they had this guy trying to sing freaking don't break my heart my achy fucking staying right to the nuts and so and then have to like try and carry like a big bowl of pasta with sauce while his nuts are being shocked and then another woman was having to crawl through a thing with like birds all over her face, like into it was just oh. torturous. Oh, the one guy they blindfolded him or put like blinding goggles on him and go through a field of of cacti with spikes all over. Why would you ever do this? And the prize, by the way, was like all of ten thousand dollars. I don't think it was even that. I don't think it was that with taxes. Come on. Yeah. And so this was the the era of the best television that ever existed. Because this was on years ago. This was the time with like the Swan Extreme Makeover. Like they were just push. Fear Factor was huge with yeah. Joe Rogan. Like they were just fucking pushing the envelope as far as they could go. They pushed a little too hard with this show. Because watching it, I was 
just floored that someone actually signed up to do this, but actually that they got away with it. I'm like, someone's going to die. Yeah. Like, it was very dangerous. Someone's going to have a, I would have had a heart attack with some of these things. For sure. They put a squid on someone's face, yeah. a live fucking squid or an octopus on another person's face. So the show started off originally, I believe it was like Japan. It sounds like Japan, a Japanese show. Asians can go to a dark place with television. The game shows. They, they Asian game shows. Like, would you ever do the one, Jacob, where you put a tube in your mouth and I have the other end in my mouth and there's a roach that's dropped into the center and based on how hard you blow. Pushes the roach into Pushes the, the roach into your mouth. I mean, it would I would have, never. I would for a certain amount of money. How much? I would say at least 50. $50,000? Yeah. Wow, it's not a lot. <laughs> I mean, to blow a roach, it's not like I'm... That's so sick to me. I've eaten some crazy shit when I've been on my like my travels before. I, What's the craziest shit you've eaten? We were in Vietnam, and we went to like a snake restaurant where they breed snakes, and they bring them out alive. They make a slit right on their like belly below the heart, and they pull the heart out beating Okay, and eat the heart. I'm good. What the hell? You ate that? Uh, I refused, but my friend did, and I wanted to throw up. A snake's beating heart? A snake's beating heart. Yeah. <sighs> so wait, what did you eat that was so bad? That was your friend. Well, that was, I guess, the worst thing I've seen eaten. Yeah. Um, I want to know what's the worst thing that went down your gullet. I tried some guinea pig in, in the Amazon of Peru. That's very popular, guinea pig. Um, that was tough. Oh, yeah, sad. I didn't like that. Did they I'm, serve up the guinea pig and it was almost like whole, like could, the body? Yeah, yeah, like you could tell whole. it was a guinea pig. You could tell it wasn't it was like, like shredded rug. up. No, like it was chicken. definitely like a full body. Yeah, I'm not big into eating animals like that. It's like the older I get, it's tough for me to even though like eat cow. I love cows. They're I know. Nice. Like, They're I, very sweet. I like burgers, but it's like tough for me to get past that point. But I'm not down with impossible meat either. It's loaded with chemicals. Yeah, There's it's a not bunch of shit either. in there. I think we're meant to have some meat. I don't think we're meant to have as A little bit of meat. meat. Yeah. So what's the weirdest thing you've eaten? Oh, we've talked about this on the episode before. We've done we've oh, yeah. we've delved into this before. I've I've eaten some weird shit. I'm fucking Mexican, so we eat everything. The brains, I've had cow brain, cabeza, lengua, tripas, I've had the colon, everything. I've had a lot of weird shit. I mean, even the stomach lining, it's like honeycomb tripe for menudo soup. That's a big thing. That's weird. Yeah, I've oh God. You know what I learned though was I grew up eating all these intestines and weird shit and like chicken feet and the cow tongue and now it's a delicacy it's top dollar it's very expensive to have lengua or to have brains cabeza of the cow or whatever but back then the reason why and i don't know if this is the origin story and so like i'm not trying to get into my indigenous roots here but just based on what my nana and my great grandma had told me was they were poor and so and i come from migrant farm workers and so they would basically go to the butchers and the leftover parts is what they would take and then they would make cuisine out of it. And so like lengua tacos, they're actually, really, it's pretty damn good. I wouldn't eat it now. Yeah. I'm past that journey in my life, but I grew up eating them. Wow. But that meat now, it's a delicacy and like at fancy restaurants in LA and all over the world, like you have to pay top dollar for this sort of thing. But back then, my great grandma and my, my grandfather, they were just eating it because it was the scraps from the butcher and it was affordable and they were poor. Dirt floors, you know, just tending to the land. And so interesting how something like that can turn into a fine dining cuisine item. Kind of like um, esquites, which is the street corn. 
It's so wild to me. I go to some of these restaurants in LA or even in, I was in Austin, Texas for photo shoot or something, but I was in Austin and I'm at this really fancy restaurant, high-end Tex-Mex restaurant. I think it was $27 for a plate of esquites, which what? is grilled black and corn with the lime and whatever. And they put all the ingredients. It's, but I mean, $27. It's expensive. Holy with like cotija shit. cheese. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's literally four, not even $4. It's like no. two bucks yeah. in LA on any street corner. But That's it was, wild. it was served up beautifully. But yeah, it's interesting how some of the shit that has no real value, like it's not expensive, but if you prepare it in a fancy restaurant, put some fancy ingredients, you can charge, whatever you can you charge want. whatever you fucking yeah. want. Are there any foods that you just wouldn't eat? everything yeah there's most things i i'm very particular now but i'm saying like if there's a list of things that you refuse to eat what's like your least favorite horseradish olives mushrooms although jacob i had the most incredible experience with you oh on the mushrooms yeah, yeah I, i'd love to talk about shit that we don't like to eat because i want to do an episode where we just try weird food together and hold our throw up back because oh, <laughs> i think you and i both don't fuck with olives no or mushrooms i don't like mushrooms either yeah. But now after watching that fungi documentary and taking shrooms with you, Jacob, I saw Jesus in you and I God. felt incredible. It was one of my favorite experiences. I'd say with a friend, top three experiences I've ever had. And I hope that's not too strong, but like I genuinely loved it. It was a good time. It was a great time. I had an albino penis mushroom with you. Is that what you fed me? I think that's what we had. This white mushroom straight from the earth, not baked in a brownie. We're not putting it in a gummy. This is just a la carte, came from earth. You know, it was not covered in dirt, but it was like dehydrated shroom. Yeah, like a dried. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same, the shape of a perfect mushroom. And you ended up putting it in like orange or whatever because the flavor for you was... I don't like the taste, so yeah, I just had to it eat it. It just tasted like... It didn't taste like much to me. It actually tasted like Eucharistic wafer. I don't know what that is. Oh, but. in the Catholic Church, like that little wafer that they give you oh. for the communion. Mm -hmm. That's what it reminded me of. So I was down eating that. And so I ate it. 30 minutes goes by. I start feeling a little tingly and happy. An hour goes in. Euphoric bliss. I have never laughed so hard. I felt avatar tales it's like we connected our avatar tales yeah. in that moment. Yeah. You haven't seen the movie, though. I've seen Avatar. You have? Yeah. Okay, great. Seen them all. The really? And the, yeah. You saw the water one? Yeah. At Drew Carey's house. What? Yeah. He like invited us. My wife's on Price is Right. And so she's like, do you want to go? It was Drew before. Carey, the, a legend. Yeah. He Host of Price is Right, for those of you who don't know. He was a big deal back in the day. Who's he's lying. still yeah, very he's relevant. Still, but uh, yeah, it was before it came out. And she's like, he wants- Oh, he had a screening. Wanna, he had a screening at his house. And so we- That's pretty cool. Snacks, joints- Oh, you were high watching oh, it. Oh, yeah. He had a whole like set of Three hours. edibles, whatever you wanted. And yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. It was amazing. It was really cool. Did you make it through or did you sleep? I was snacking a lot of the time. Oh. I mean, if you can imagine like a probably a 10 foot table of every snack you can imagine. He had like refrigerated drawers. What? Like a cabinet drawer that pulled out. Is this an in-home theater? Yeah house in the hill like mansion in the hill so like it was it was set up and so like one full drawer is just refrigerated one full drawer is freezer and so i mean ice cream sandwiches pints of ben and jerry's any kind of snack you can imagine and so every five minutes you just see that fridge light open up and i'm over here pulling the thing open i probably had 
I mean, no lie. I think I had four ice cream sandwiches, yeah. about a whole box of pizza. Amazing. Okay, so you experience. definitely enjoyed your Avatar experience. Yeah. I I went to a theater, IMAX, and watched point. it 3D. You have to, I feel like. Did you watch movie. it in 3D? No, but I wanted to. Yeah, it was very cool. I wish I would have seen it on shrooms, though. Oh, yeah. I was surprised to learn how many of my people on Instagram, my kings and queens, when I did a poll asking about if they've tried mushrooms, majority had not. It's a big taboo. Still to this day, it shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Well, there's a lot of research that has gone on, and it it, it truly does. Please read "Change Your Mind" by Michael Pollan. I read the book, and then I watched the documentary on Netflix. But "Change Your Mind," Michael Pollan, this is the guy who's not into psychedelics. He is not part of the like druggy type of community. <laughs> he's just like a he's a researcher, and he's a New York Times bestseller, and he's an incredible thought leader. Yeah, and he's I mean what he's been able to uncover in when it comes to our nutrition and diets is really interesting, fascinating shit. Yeah. And so he did a deep dive into psychedelics, the government. Um, I don't want to get all conspiracy on this show, but I feel like there's a lot more money in antidepressants and antipsychotic medication, pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals, big pharma. You look at who's behind it. You follow the money. Follow the money trail. Yeah, it's obvious. Because people who take mushrooms or try microdosing and have experience with it, they don't need to have a ton of no uh, these, experience. These, it's not addictive. It's no. not something that you need over and over. They it's, say it's one of the safest drugs out there is psilocybin. I'm over here pushing mushrooms so hard, but I honestly have... I've experienced the benefits. Yeah. Oh, and I'm not saying it's for everybody. I don't think everyone should do it. Yeah. Liability wise, not everybody needs to do mushrooms, no, but I'm so down for you trying it out in a safe place with yeah. someone who knows what they're doing. It was incredible, Jacob. And so you were my shaman and you knew what you were doing. And so, and I trusted you implicitly. Jacob goes, Lo, you're, we're going to do mushrooms tonight. Lexi had, well, she was out of town. She was out of town. And he goes, Lo, what'd you eat today? And I was like, mm, I had water, green tea and a salad earlier. He's like, great. Don't have a heavy meal. And I thought we were going to order pizza or something, have like a night. And you're like, maybe just pick up some cucumbers, some watermelon. Okay. Yeah, some just snack food. Snack healthy food, snack. but like you said, healthy snack food. I was yeah. like, interesting, okay. And so I picked up fresh fruit, oranges, watermelon, some coconut, whatever, and came over to your place. I had a pretty empty stomach, but it was interesting what you said, and I've researched it. If you do take mushrooms and you are on a cleaner diet and you don't have a lot of shit in your system as vegetable oil, fried food, heavy carbs, pasta, mm -hmm. if your system is clean, you will have a better high. Yeah. You'll feel better. You'll feel better. You don't have junk in your body. I actually did a, another journey to the Amazon and did an ayahuasca ceremony with a tribal shamans there. And it's the same concept of they're like, you want to fast for almost like a week, they tell you to. Oh, for ayahuasca? Yeah, and it's because you put so much junk in your body and it's cleansing these toxins out. But with mushrooms too, it's like you you can track these things back for so long. These societies use these things as like ancient medicine. It's incredible. There's Mexico, so many yeah. healing properties. Oh, yeah. And there's so many different mushrooms out there. I mean, hundreds, thousands, thousands mushroom but, communities. Yeah, but they're mostly, they're not all like hallucinogenic. I don't think most of them are actually. Oh, no, no. No. But there's, there's a lot of just medicinal purposes yeah, and that food, have no hallucinogenic no, properties. Healthy, yeah, there's so many. But yeah, I think it is something to look into going forward for society. And Honestly, the research, I mean, I hope there's even more research Me behind too. it. 
I mean, the government in a way <laughs> has definitely weaponized it and made it seem like it's such a taboo, but it's, it's, it's not. Look what they've done with pain pills to us in like the epidemic we're in, but they have literally said, do all, oh, this is great. Take it all. And now like, we're all just reeling from that. And it's not everything they tell us is good for us is really good for us and vice versa. I'm not saying you take everything with a grain of salt, but like. It's kind of crazy though, Jacob, because thinking that way, I watched the C word. Have you ever seen the documentary? No. Oh, it's wild because I believe deep down in my heart until I didn't that people will try and do what's best for humanity. That's not true for themselves though. People do what's best for themselves. Yep. And that's why there has to be laws and regulations and yeah. And and, I mean, people need to be held accountable because when they're not, unfortunately, they're not going to do what's best. They're going to hurt people. Yeah. So in watching the C word documentary and seeing how, I mean, that does a deep dive into Johnson and Johnson, for example, fucking baby powder. Yeah. And it's making people sick. And they knew. And they knew about it. And it's causing cancer within women. And they were targeting minority groups. Johnson and Johnson was targeting black women with products that cause cancer. And there's a huge lawsuit currently, right now, millions of people affected by this. Oh, it's so twisted. And there are companies out there like General Mills. They're funding a lot of this research, but then they can control the narrative. And a lot of these companies are making a lot of profit off of chemotherapy or dialysis centers. They're funding them essentially. So they're making people sick. People are getting diabetes. There's a lot of chemicals in these foods. And then they're also profiting off of the treatment plan. Oh, I was like, ah, this is too much for me. But I just got to be careful. Yeah. Got to know what you're putting into your body, what you're consuming. And yeah. doctors don't know everything. You have every right to question what's being prescribed to you. Yeah. And if your doctor is giving you pushback, which mine has done, and I've had to switch a couple different times and get different opinions. And I found a doctor now that's like, oh, that's most doctors are not cool with holistic naturopathic methods. And I get it. They're very textbook. They went to school, devoted God knows how many years of their life to learning a specific type of medicine and way of healing people. But there are other ways out there. There is. And and there are doctors that are actually like, oh, I'm interested in that. And so my mom's avoided a couple surgeries by going a naturopathic method. She was going to have to have a major surgery. And she ended up just taking all these herbs and turmeric and and went on a completely holistic treatment plan and avoided a major surgery. So what food here is such junk. So yeah, I'm just saying, be careful what you eat. You have every right to question things and know that everybody doesn't have your best interest. Hair thinning impacts a lot of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol, I've been recommending it to my friends and family. I take it. My mama, the queen takes it. Queen, you love it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it to my hairstylist. I recommend my sister-in-law and even my niece. We range in age from like 22 to 67. They're loving it. Yeah, they are. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. (laughs) 
I didn't come to that realization about health being so important to me until the last couple of years. How about you? COVID, yeah. COVID, was I, that it for you? Oh yeah, I was at home for two years. I was working remote, not exercising as I should, not getting enough sunlight as I should, not eating as I should. And it just, my mental health was affected by that. Yeah, and now for me, it's less about how I look I don't give a shit. Like, I just want to feel good. Yeah. It's more for me longevity. Like, I want my organs to be okay. I don't give a shit if I don't look that great or I don't even weigh myself. I just want to feel good. And I know when my body's okay. If I'm getting good sleep, if I'm eating the right things and I'm resting and taking care of myself. And so it's interesting once you hit a certain age and everyone, it's different. But for me, the whole paradigm shift of I just want to take care of like the insides. And for me, that's huge considering I'm in the most superficial, or we're both in, the most superficial industry, yeah. LA. It's all about the way you look and it's appearance is everything. everything. And, and so to break that mindset and realize it's so fucked and who cares about what you look like, it truly, you got to take care of your organs and your body. And yeah, you do. that's been huge, yeah. huge shift for me. And seeing like my parents going through health struggles in some sort of way, I'm like, oh, what? They're not invincible? I'm not either. Yikes. Or even like water for me. I didn't really understand water. Like I used to take showers and my skin would dry out. My wife was like, oh, maybe we should put a filter on our shower head. Yeah. Put a filter on it. Don't dry out anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So then- Do you drink enough water every day? I do. Yeah. And so it's, but it's, especially like Los Angeles water, who knows what the pipes look like that are we're getting. The water that we're getting on a tap is so dirty. And I think, I mean, look at Flint, Michigan, like they can't even drink the water. A lot of places in this this country, they have water issues. Yikes. Still. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing, like just filtered water, what it does to you. And like, I have been getting diarrhea for weeks and I didn't know why. And I thought, is there a stomach virus, some tapeworm inside me? What the fuck is going on? I was not only getting sick, but I was getting other people sick. Gwen, my girlfriend, she came and stayed with me for a couple of weeks. She had a little bit of a stomach ache here. And I was like, I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's because she's Canadian. I'm like, maybe it's because you're not on Canadian soil and you're trying to get used to American products. I don't know. But I was feeling sick too. And I thought I had, was like IBS. I finally figured it out. After three weeks, I'm embarrassed to say this, but this is a safe space. What is it? Well, it was the water. I got this Echo, I think it's called Echo Water. Epic Water. I forgot the name of it. It's a step up from Brita and the reviews are fantastic on it. And it's just like, it looks like a Brita though. Yeah. And so for filtered water. And so you put the water into the top, it goes to the bottom. But I was struggling because I didn't know <laughs> that the chamber on the bottom opened up. I didn't know. I couldn't, it got a little stuck for me. I didn't pay attention. So I've been using this water filter and I, my dad came over and he was like, fuck are you drinking here? He's going to pour himself a glass of water and he's like, look at the bottom. Brown. Looks like a fucking... <laughs> looks, looks like a fucking dirty turtle cage. The bottom of me is oh. fucking green with algae. Ooh, I'd been drinking that for weeks low. and it went right through me and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like fucking poisoning myself. Oh my God. Not knowing, I just didn't clean my fucking water filter. It's pretty nasty. Yep. I'm embarrassed. But now, so anyone, like, go clean your water filter. <laughs> Ziploc bag, you put some vinegar in it, and then you rubber band that bag over, like, your faucet heads. Because you don't even realize how dirty, like, your I've sink never done filters that. are, everything. All, like, it's gross. I don't drink sink water. But you use it for stuff. Yeah. But it's still running through it. Yeah. It's good. To, we don't clean. I mean, it's good to clean it every so often. I don't think most people clean their I don't think I've heads. ever cleaned my filter head. Yeah. 
Your shower uh, head too is really gross. There's how do you clean it? In that. Vinegar in you a bag. So you put like a Ziploc bag and you can put some vinegar in it and you let it sit really? for a while. Yeah. And then you like run it and like shit will come out of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm down to do that. Like shower heads are pretty gross. There's a lot of. Oh, I need to. Okay. I need to get on that. Yeah. Did you hear that statistic about those steel water bottles are dirtier than toilet, like public toilets? That people like, or like a Nalgene bottle that people carry around and drink water from. Everybody in LA has them. I mean, everywhere, a lot of places have them. Yeah, they say they're dirtier than like toilet seats. What? Yeah, because people don't clean them as much as they should. Oh, sick. They think it's just water, and so me included. Mm -hmm. I have yeah. a, a glass one that I use every day. But and even that can, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have to make sure I clean, clean it because it. it has a smell to it if you don't clean it right away. Like after a couple of uses, two days, give it a nice clean. I'm going to come out with low-life water bottles, though. Yes. Glass one. Yes, glass for sure. I want to know, is that something you guys would be into if I came out with a glass water bottle so we could all drink water together? Most definitely. Plastic's not good. Yeah, I learned that too. We're drinking so much plastic. I mean, some of these water bottles have been sitting for years with that water and you think about the plastic that's in it and we're just chugging it. Sick. It's gross. Yeah, we got to be careful. So I don't know if that's something you'd be into, let me know because I want to come out with like my own line for the low lifers of water bottles, but they're glass and it's your water intake for the day type of a thing with little sayings to motivate you to drink enough water because we all need that reminder. Let's talk about the tickle documentary. I'm not over it. So I was researching tickling because Jacob has a fear of you don't like your pits being tickled. That's your thing. One of my things, yeah. There's a few different ones. You can't shit in public. You're getting better about it. Day by day, baby. Day by day. But tickling is definitely at the forefront for you so, of yeah. like something that makes you uncomfortable. But anyway, I was trying to research just to understand you better. And I wanted to know where does this stem from? And so as I was researching, we came across a documentary and it blew my mind. Have yeah. you guys seen the documentary Tickled? I watched it on YouTube. I think that's how I saw it too. Fascinating. This documentary. Oh my God. I so badly want you to go on it. Like I want you to do this with you. It's my worst nightmare. It is. Well, if we get enough reviews. <laughs> if we get we'll, enough reviews, then I can strap you up and tickle you on camera. <laughs> these, you have to be like a dumb jock, but basically these young athletic men are tricked into competitive endurance tickling. They yeah. are tricked that it's a sport and they get flown out to LA. They get paid like 1500 bucks, put up in a hotel and they show up and they get tied down and they are tickled and they're wearing like sports jerseys sometimes like wrestling outfits they're making it to be a sport but clearly the first second you like see these clips you're like it looks very, like gay porn yeah homoerotic totally and it's like straight men that are getting conned into this they and they're getting money. paid. They're getting paid. That was the whole point. It's like, it's a competition. It's athletic and they're yeah, getting paid. That's what the guys are like, yeah, yeah, I'm down. Bro, yeah. Fuck yeah. Tickle me. I mean, picture a guy laying on like a massage bed with two dudes like straddling him, tickling I've him. Been through that. So, yeah, My nightmare. But this is what this, this documentarian just, just randomly stumbled across this one day on the internet and started- Like, like these videos. These videos of competitive endurance tickling the sport of tickling. And he's like, what in the fuck is this? And so he wanted to know more. And that's what this documentary is about. 
It's so fucked up. Just what people could fall into. Oh my God. So he starts doing his research, but what was the name of the website? Was it like Jane O'Brien media? Thank you. And so Jane O'Brien media is running this shit. Yep. So he reaches out to him and, and he is a documentarian who happens to be gay. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, I want to know more. And so they research the guy. They just respond like, uh, we will not work with you. You're gay. <laughs> um, I'm done. Yeah. This is very anti-gay. Like what we're doing is is a sport. This oh, so the homophobia runs rampant, rampant in Jane O'Brien yes. media. Whoever's controlling it. They're like- And we don't know who the fuck Jane O'Brien is. No. At this point. This no. guy has no, no clue. Idea. It's just the media outlet that's producing all of these Tickle Me Elmo videos yes. of hot jocks getting tickled. Tickled. But lo and behold, these jocks are getting blackmailed. They make these videos, and as soon as they're like, I don't want to do this anymore, Jane O'Brien Media, they send the videos to their schools, to their parents, to their jobs. They ruin these kids' lives. I mean- And these are, you know, 18-year-olds. They're all adults. I would say, yeah, from like 18 to 23, 24, like yeah. young adults. Yes, um, yes. But so, yeah, these guys are getting blackmailed to continue to do this. And so this guy, the documentarian, digs into the underworld of this tickling. And I mean, it is wild what he discovers. There's like cells of these tickle things all around the United States. And these people are making these tickle videos and it's like a whole underworld of this. And this is kind of where the document, like it just follows this Oh, wild. Yeah, and who these people are. And it kind of goes into discovering who Jane O'Brien Media is. And it tells the stories of these some of these guys who have been blackmailed. Can you tell us who Jane O'Brien Media is? You all have to watch the documentary. I mean, it's just... it's some, You don't want to just hit them with a... I mean, it's, it's just a group of older gentlemen. Right. Okay. That's why I was like, of course. These are like some homophobic assholes. And she's like, white? No, well, I think they're into it. I think they're oh, like- Oh, they're so into it. So like- I, But they're, they're also closet. very homophobic. Yeah, but they're like gay. Like they're like closet gays that are homophobic. Sure. Because like, why else are you producing this material yeah. and continuing like blackmailing people, like ruining people's lives? And they're making it? a lot of money. I don't know how much money they were making from it. Like, yeah, I was I, getting hundreds of thousands, millions probably, of views, these yeah. videos. I looked at the website, like they were getting so many views. I mean, they're putting the ads in. I'm sure they were getting God, I mean, a lot yeah, of money off these guys. Some, some sick people out there. Like, Is it still happening? I'm sure. I can't imagine it's not. No, Jane O'Brien Media. I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Jane O'Brien Media, it's still, it's still happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. You still watch Tickle videos. Mm-hmm. Still thriving. Okay. I don't know if it's like actually updating their website, but still going on. People, guys are still getting tickled. Yeah, it looks like it's about to happen again, love. That yeah. shit lives online. And now it's going to happen with you, with the low life media. We're oh going to tickle God. Jacob on camera. <laughs> yeah. If we get enough reviews. So watching that documentary must have been your worst nightmare. It's it like triggering. Yeah, you hate that shit. Yeah. I wouldn't care if people were tickling me. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. It's probably your dream. It would be a dream, actually. I don't mind that. But for people who have a phobia of it, I get it. Yeah. No, thank you. So I wonder, once you put a video out there like that, it's just online forever. There's, It's hard to probably get that shit taken down. No, you can't get it down. You don't own the rights anymore. Mm. Yeah, and that's what's happening to these guys. I wonder how much they were getting paid. I think it was like $1,500. That's it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, 1500 bucks for me back in the day. To get tickled? I'd be so down. Yeah. Yeah. Even for you, 1500 back then. 
Hell yeah. You have no money. And it's like, that's what they- Broke is like, a joke. I remember being so poor. I'm yeah. like, sure, I'm down. It's a common theme with a lot of these jocks you come to know in the dark. Yeah. It's kind of like the Abercrombie and Fitch models. Yeah. And Bruce Weber was super creepy and Abercrombie and Fitch was so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> so creepy with their male models, models in general, that whole company. That was another good documentary, which we did cover on this podcast, the Abercrombie and Fitch documentary. What a time to be alive. Yeah. The shit that we have seen, our generation. So much shit. Yeah. Well, it's like, have we though? I feel like every generation sees it, but ours is just, it's documented. I think we're the best generation. Everyone's got phones. Everyone's got video cameras and we just see more. I don't know if it's necessarily that we're the best generation. No. No. But I feel like we're the last glimmer of hope generation because we are the last generation millennials, from what I understand, to experience life without a full social media takeover. Internet. I mean, we're native to internet, sort of. I had Oregon Trail and shit. I didn't have social media until like high school, college mainly. Yeah. And so I still got to experience friendships, relationships, first dates, kisses, like all of the stuff, life. I got to go through an ugly phase and not have to worry about it being on social media. Yeah. You see a 14-year-old now, and some of these 14-year-olds on social media, some of the ones that I even dress, I dress some young actors and actresses, they look 14 going on like 26. Brazilian blowouts, they're getting work done. And I'm like, That's whoa, crazy. it's freaky to me. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, how sad. Like the innocence of being able to go through an ugly phase or embarrassing yourself. It's different when you have full access to everybody else nonstop. Like I was bullied in school. You were also bullied in I school. I got swirlies. Swirlies. These bullies waited for me after band practice and they took me in the bathroom and they stuck my head in a toilet. That's what a swirly is, yeah. And then was it like a clean toilet it. or poop in there? I didn't have time to look. I mean, they're like literally like carrying me. There's like, like piss in the toilet. No. I, mean, I, would, I, th I think it was clean. I only saw that in movies. I didn't know like that was- Oh yeah, they definitely did it. Oh shit, uh, I'm sorry. That sucks. But I didn't have any swirlies, but I was called like you dumb faggot and like stuff like that, yeah. you know, bullied in that sort of way, picked on. But it ended in the classroom on the playground, it ended. And then I got to go home to a happy life and be with my parents and my family and feel loved. And so it kind of balanced it out. And I didn't have to check in on social media in any sort of way. And yeah. so I was only bullied from like 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. And then I got a reprieve from it and enjoyed family life. It helped me in some sort of way. I don't wish anybody would get bullied. It's fucked up, but it happens. And so now kids are leaving the classroom, leaving the playground and seeing it on their phones and having access to it. And it continues, so it's it never really stops in a way. And no, in that way, I'm like, that's really scary. I mean, I know people are trying to censor their kids and how much social media they have access to. I would if oh, I was a parent, right. because it's dangerous. And just even comparing yourself, like what we have the internet, what we have available at our fingertips is so different. We were a bit sheltered. Oh yeah, millennials are the last of the shelter generation because these new kids, these youngsters out, they know what the fuck is going on. You they, got a phone. You can Google. They it. are very advanced. Yeah. In every aspect, in every thought. And I had I had a 12-year-old telling me I needed to work on my inner child. What the fuck? Well, I so I mentor these kids in LA. Yes. They're joining gangs at like 10, 11, and they're carrying guns, they're shooting kids, they're oh, like shit. pulling up to the school, like playgrounds and fighting. Literally it's scary. It's scary. Young kids. And like I'm seeing it like firsthand with like some of the kids I mentor. You're a big brother. Yeah. 
I don't really know how to stop it. And you know, it's just like another. Yeah. I'm seeing it with even like my godson and, and just my little nieces and nephews, what they go through in school and being picked on and, and this one girl in my godson's class is making TikTok videos and making fun of him in TikTok videos and tagging him. Oh, I, I know. That. And he's 12. I was like, what? Oh, it's so. I hate that. It is. Yeah, it's twisted. So I'm thankful that I'm not I'm not coming into this generation, the social media era. Mm-hmm. I'm not native to it, I guess. And I, I feel like that's actually beneficial for my mental health. I agree. For and sure. even if I end up having kids or you have kids. I, I'm just going to be on top of it with like, hey, let's not go down 18, that rabbit hole. And get that social media. Really? It would be 18 would for your son or daughter? Knowing what I know and like seeing what I'd see, I see, I don't know if I would do 18. If I could have it my way, low, I would probably homeschool my kids at this point. Really? I don't well, have kids. Like the way the world is. Yeah, I get it. I knew it's tough. I, I want my kids to be socialized, I do. though. I know I do, but I just don't trust society at this point. Okay, yeah, parents are scared with what's happening in Everything, schools. Yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, that's a whole other topic. That's a whole yeah. other topic, but everybody knows what we're talking about. Yes, bang, bang. Do. Yeah. Scary, scary times right now and heavy shit. But you know what, Jacob? I take it one day at a time. And I'm not watching the news as much as I used to. I can't. I can't. It's not that I want to live in denial. Or be uninformed. Or be uninformed. No, I want to know what's going on, but I got to freaking manage what they feed how you. much yeah. I'm taking in. It's just fear. It's yes. Plates of fear. I don't need to hear that all no. the time. I'm no. just, again, a healthy boundary with how much news I'm consuming, yeah. when I'm able to consume it, never in the mornings, never before I go to bed. I'll do midday on a Wednesday. I'll take a couple little, here's a little, here's a shooting. Okay. Ooh, I'm going to have to stomach that one. Yeah. You know, there's only so much I can take. It does impact you. It's really sad, terrible shit what's going on in the world. All over the world, in the States and everywhere else too. It's like terrible stuff. And so, yeah, I have to, I don't know, microdose. Yeah. Which, by the way, brings us back to microdosing mushrooms. If you haven't had that experience, now's your and time. you can do it safely. And you can and do it safely. Legally, there are actually doctors. That, and there's cities that you can do it legally. Naturopathic doctors. So there are ways. Don't think of it like what you've been taught. No, no. My experience, by the way, I was so happy for like four days after. Yeah, it really does affect your your mental well-being. Yeah. And I was like, wow, Jacob, I was in such a good mood. I had a great night's sleep at your place. And I was very in touch with nature. Yeah, That's what I was going to say too. If anyone wants to watch that documentary, what the hell did we watch that night? It was so good. We'll put a link. The Fantastic World of Fungi. Yeah, yeah. The fantastic world of fungi while being high on fungi Fungi. was magical. With a fungi. With a fungi. (laughs) It was actually, it was great. I I loved the experience and I can't wait to have another one with you in nature. Yes. We got to do that. Like Joshua Tree. It'd be magical. Yeah, once every few months, have a little mushroom moment. moderation. Uh, We're not big drinkers. I feel like we're... Yeah, I enjoy wine once in a while, but no, yeah. I'm not a big drinker. No. This was nice. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoy it. But I know, again, everyone has a different experience, but yeah. my, mine was pretty awesome. All right, Jacob, thank you so much for coming here today. Thanks, Lord. My Mushroom King. Low I appreciate lifers. you. The low lifers love you too. And we'll have to have you back for some more. Yes, sir. All right, we're out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm having such a good time with this show. I love putting out new episodes every single week, but I wouldn't be able to even do this podcast without you, 
the listeners. So thank you, my kings and queens, for tuning in every single week, sharing this podcast with your friends, your family, your loved ones. You are keeping this little shit show afloat, and we are going strong. The downloads are great, and we are now in year two of this podcast, and I am thoroughly enjoying every moment along the way. We have some great guests coming in hot for you. Caitlin is going to be on the show, my little Canadian maple delight, little Judy. I'm staying here at her house, and so I'll definitely be recording with her because she actually has a studio. The Off the Vine studio is here, and so we'll record some podcast episodes together. Also, Jason Tardick is going to be on the show again. Love a little J-Lo bromance. I'll have him back on. We're going to the Kentucky Derby. Is that something you guys are into? I didn't know shit about the Kentucky Derby, but apparently it's a huge thing. Like I know it's a big deal in the South, but I didn't grow up getting excited to watch horses race. I saw the movie Seabiscuit. That was really cool. That's a great movie. And so that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge on the Kentucky Derby. But I'm very excited to go to this one. I got a cute outfit, dressing Jason, Caitlin, and myself. And so we will be riding in style. And I want to do a whole podcast on this experience. And so stay tuned because I'll have Jason and Caitlin on. And we'll recap Kentucky Derby and also the Janet Jackson concert. Last week, we were talking about phobias and fears, and of course, we touched on some phobias and fears in this week's episode. Please leave a review in Apple Podcast if you want Jacob to get tickled, like Tickle Me Elmo, because I would love to make this happen. This will end up going viral, and it could end up being my retirement. <laughs> so yeah, please uh, leave that review on Apple Podcasts. I would love that. I was asking my lowlifers to share a phobia that they have in the review section because I was just curious because there are so many different phobias out there. And I didn't realize a lot of my kings and queens definitely got some phobias going on. There are some real fears happening amongst the lowlifers. And so I'm going to be sharing some reviews right now. And these are great. Some of these phobias I'd never actually heard of. Oh, and by the way, when it comes to leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts, I have the Low Life Gifting Suite. It is open for business. So if you want a chance to win a little something, something, all you got to do is leave a review, answer this week's question in the review section of Apple Podcasts, and leave your Instagram handle somewhere in the review because I might just be sliding into your DMs and sending you a gift from the Low Life Gifting Suite. There are beauty products, hyaluronic serums, shit you didn't know you need on Amazon that I'm obsessed with, gift cards, gifts from our sponsors. There are lots of treats that I want to share with you. And so all you got to do is leave that review on Apple Podcasts and it really helps the show. That's why I'm so grateful to the listeners who take the time to do that because it's a small gesture that actually makes a big difference for a podcast, any podcast. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. And I have listeners who will leave a review, several reviews every single week, just boom, drop a review. Again, it makes a big difference and it does not go unappreciated or unnoticed. So thank you, my kings and queens. I love you. All right. The first review is coming in hot from at Golly Miss Molly. Golly Miss Molly writes, phobias, five stars. Hey, puta, I wanted to share my phobia. I'm afraid of deep waters like dark lakes and the ocean. I can swim in them, but if I can't see below, my heart rate starts racing and I am not having a good time. I just wanted to share that I love your podcast. I've been here since the beginning and each episode makes me feel like I'm there with you having a fun little chit chat with friends. Your topics are always interesting and fun to listen to. I drive around a lot for work and your podcast always gives me something to listen to. Keep up the great work, Queen. She gave me a little crown. Thank you for that review, Golly Miss Molly. And same, I feel you when it comes to deep waters and not knowing what's lurking beneath the mysterious waters of the ocean or a lake. It is actually terrifying because there's a lot of shit we haven't discovered in the ocean. And so, yeah, you never know what's swimming beneath you. It's the fear of the unknown. I feel you. I get that. I'm sure a lot of people would be terrified if they were like stranded out at sea. Oh my God. Like that just floating 
and then it gets dark at night and you're stuck in the middle of the ocean, I would shit myself. I'd just start shitting, shitting and pissing myself. I'd be so scared. (laughs) All right. Next review is coming in hot from Lainey Skillings and her Instagram handle is at Lainey Skills, L-A-N-E-Y underscore skills, S-K-I-L-L-S. Lainey writes, hot mess express five stars. Okay. Are you ready for a strange phobia? Dot, dot, dot. It's called omophilobia. Omophilobia. Am I saying that right? Weird. I know. This is when you have a fear of belly buttons and touching them. (laughs) What? I absolutely can't stand when someone touches their belly buttons. Funny story. My sister obviously knows about this phobia and sent a photo of a belly button to me to be funny. Little did she know I ended up throwing up all night because it freaked me out that bad. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. That's wild. Very random phobia, but very real. Anyways, I love you, and I'm a local San Diegan. Oh, she lives in San Diego. I love it there. Hope to meet you one day. Oh, my God, Queen. That is so interesting. I wasn't familiar with that phobia. So it's not only your belly button being touched. You don't fuck with other belly buttons either, even seeing them. Wow. Like, I wonder if when you were a kid, like, did something happen to your belly button or did someone like jam their finger in it or something? It just traumatized you. Like, what's the origin story for this belly button phobia? (laughs) That's so interesting to me. Thank you for that, Queen. And your sister, she was doing you dirty on that one. She sent you that picture. She knew. She knew you would be freaking upset. I don't think she realized you're going to be throwing up all night, but damn, that sucks. All right, next review is coming in hot from at Annabelle Marie. Annabelle Marie writes, came for the vibes, stayed for the cult. (laughs) Five stars. Lo, you freaking godsend. I live for this podcast. It always lightens my mood. And one of the highlights of my week, the Ted Lasso of podcasts, if you will. A huge compliment in my book. That is a huge compliment. Ted Lasso. Damn, queen. Thank you for that. An amazing show. Also, I too have a phobia of tickling. Feet mostly. Oh, Right there with Jacob. Even if the bed sheet grazes my foot in the slightest way, I lose it. (laughs) Probably stems from when my older sister would hog tie me and tickle me until I owed my pants. Oh my gosh, I wish that sentence wasn't 100% true, but it is. That sister was also in a cult and I didn't even know she existed until she was 13 and escaped the cult. What? Wild times, yay for cults and weird phobias. I relate to it all. XOXO, smoochies, love you, queen, Annabelle Marie. All right, Annabelle Marie, please slide into my DMs or hit me up in the Facebook group. I got to know more about this story. That's so interesting. You didn't even know you had a sister until she was 13? Like, was she kidnapped by a cult? What? You gave me a little appetizer in that review, but now we all want the entree. And so please hit me up in the Facebook group or again, slide into my DMs and we'll talk more about this. <laughs> Thank you for leaving that review, Queen. I freaking love you too. All right, we have time for one more review. This one is coming in hot from at a underscore bomb underscore mom. A bomb mom writes, raccoon phobia, five stars. I have a fear of raccoons. Yes, the trash pandas. Better not come around this queen. I had a traumatic camping experience at a young age hearing raccoons fighting over food and trash. I've never been the same since. (laughs) Can't wait to hear what others are fearing. XOXO, a bomb mom. I get why that would be scary. Trash pandas. I don't know if they make weird sounds when they're fighting. I imagine they're screaming at each other, but I think raccoons are so freaking cute, but they could also be nuts. Like if they have rabies or something, like you never know what you're going to (laughs) get. Thank you for sharing that raccoon phobia, boo. 
And some honorable mentions of people who were sliding into my DMs, sharing their phobias, their fears with me. Someone wrote in and said they had a deep fear of pickles. <laughs> like they're not down for that pickle life, which is wild to me because I freaking love me some pickles. But yeah, I don't know why they're scared of pickles, but they definitely don't fuck with them. And they're terrified by any sort of a pickle. They're not about it. Also, one of my listeners sent me a DM saying she's deathly afraid of cotton balls. They freak her out. She hates them. It's like a texture thing. I love hearing about people's phobias and random fears because it always stems from something, like something in our childhood or maybe even in our adult life. And then it's crazy how it will stay with us for the rest of our lives. Or not, you could do exposure therapy. And I think that's the perfect place to leave this week's episode on. So go out into the world, conquer your fears, chase your dreams, take care of yourself, put on a nice mask this weekend, enjoy a nice little margarita with some tahini around the rim, pour yourself a delicious glass of rosé. But don't forget to drink your water, puta. Because I know you're thirsty. <laughs> we, we love, love you. you. And we're out. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>